When Jesus comes across a fig tree, which bears no good fruit, what does he do? What does he say? Good morning, Christian America. Let's talk today about Jesus's interaction with the fig tree and the lessons he gives his followers. Hint, hint, that's us. About pretending to be something that we're not, about pretending to be somebody that we're not. Jesus knows us. He knows our hearts, and he knows when we're putting on a show. Plus, he gives us an important message about faith in today's passage, about the miraculous power of faith. So let's get right down to it this morning as we get ready to enter into the weekend. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here with the Christian American community and the Christian American T-shirt company. Come to you today as we do every Friday to end your week with a portion of educational, thought-provoking scripture in undiluted form, straight from the good book itself, straight from the good book itself, verbatim, word for word, where you can see and hear for yourself what scripture says. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to show it to you, and then we're going to discuss what preceded this passage, which we talked about last week. If you, uh, if you go back to our last week's podcast on our YouTube channel, you can check that out. You can, you can uh, study it a little bit more in depth there, should you choose to. But then we're going to discuss the larger context taking place at this point in Jesus's ministry at the time, and we're going to try to focus on the lessons provided to us that we can and should use to inform us, to lead us, to guide us in our daily lives, to become better people, to become better Christians, to become more Christ-like in our actions. So let's start with today's passage in the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 18. Okay, in verse 18, it starts off and it says, early in the morning, as he was returning to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. At once, the tree withered. When the disciples saw it, they were amazed and said, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Jesus answered them, truly, I tell you, if you have faith, and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you tell this mountain be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it will be done. And if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Wow, so getting into this passage and the lessons that Jesus gives us. So the day before this passage, Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem. As a hero, he was greeted with praises of Hosanna in the highest. And then he went to the temple and saw the money changers, not merely conducting commerce, but cheating out the faithful by charging them exorbitant fees. And Jesus famously turns over the money changers' tables and tells them that they're making his father's home a den of thieves. And we're all pretty familiar with that passage. We've probably studied it or heard our minister or preacher talk about it over the last few weeks because that this all precedes his crucifixion. 
but it's in this that the scripture comes to you today. So Jesus leaves Jerusalem for the night. He goes to Bethany and that's where he spends the night. And so at the beginning of this passage, he's leaving Bethany and he's headed back to the city. So scripture says that Jesus was hungry. He yearns for something. He desires for something. He has a desire for something and he spots a fig tree. How does he know it's a fig tree? How does the author of the passage that wrote this know that it's a fig tree? Because it looks like a fig tree. It has all the markings of a fig tree. It has all the characteristics of a fig tree. So it's easily recognizable. But when Jesus approaches it, what becomes obvious about the fig tree is that there aren't any figs on it. Can you believe that? The fig tree has but one job, and that is to produce figs, to produce good fruit. But this one doesn't. It doesn't. It's empty. It's barren. It's desolate. Even though from a distance, everything seems as it should. It's deceiving the outside world. Now, there are plenty of scholars and ministers and preachers that pay very little attention to this passage because there's so much uh, in-depthness in other, uh, other passages near this one. And at first glance, there seems to be little reason to pay attention to this pas passage. It seems almost trivial that Jesus is hungry, looks for some fresh figs to eat. He gets upset at the tree who doesn't have any and makes it wither and die. But I don't think it's inconsequential at all. The tree is pretending to be something that it is not. It is portraying something good. And what this passage shows us is that if you're out there portraying to be something good, my friends, Jesus will come and inspect you. He's going to come and expect something from you. How many people do you know that from a distance seem to be doing the right thing? They seem to have their life in order. They seem to be what we would call living a Christian life. But when you see them up close, when you spend some time with them, when you realize, then you realize they're not producing any good fruit at all. And you're here yearning for friendship, yearning for fellowship, desiring, maybe even seeking a relationship built in Christ to help you on your journey to, the, to a better Christian life, only to be disappointed, only left hungry, feeling empty. What are we to do in those circumstances? We have to do what Jesus does and let that relationship wither and die. Get rid of it. If you're desiring a friendship or a relationship with someone who's not producing good fruit, Christ calls us to produce, you gotta cut that off. You gotta let it wither and die. We, like the fig tree, have but one job in this world, and that's to produce good fruit for Christ. That is all we have to do. Jesus says that if we seek the kingdom first, everything else will be given to us as well. That means that you'll get the kingdom and then all this earthly stuff that you worry about will be given to you as well. 
But if you don't seek the kingdom first, if you aren't living that righteous life, if you aren't seeking Christ, you're also then going to struggle getting all this earthly stuff that you're so anxious and worried about. And he says, you will know them by their what? How will you know his followers? By their fruit. And let me tilt the perspective here just a bit, especially for all those so-called leaders in our faith communities. If you're one of those people who are working so hard to present to the outside world that you're doing all the right things, that you're living a righteous life, that you are holier than thou, guess what? Jesus is going to come inspect. He's going to come with expectations and to be able to see the fruit that you have borne. And you might be able to pull the wool over the eyes of the people around you, maybe even the organizations around you. But Jesus is going to come to you desiring the fruit that you say you're producing. And for your sake, I hope he doesn't find you bare and desolate. I hope he doesn't go away from you still, hurt, uh, still hungry, still yearning. I hope he doesn't find you misrepresenting what you are or who you are to the outside world. And so after Jesus kills the fig tree for pretending to be something that it's not, the disciples are amazed, as I think we would all be. They're in awe about how quickly the tree died. And that tells us two things. First, Jesus isn't messing, messing around with liars and deceivers. That's the first thing. The second thing is the power and conviction of faith. Because Jesus goes on to tell his followers, that's us, if we have faith and do not doubt, not only can we do what he just did to that fig tree, but we can tell a mountain to be lifted up and thrown in the ocean and it will be done. He says it quite clearly. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. It's not Eddie saying it. This is scripture saying it. These are Jesus's words. Whatever you ask for in prayer. That means anything. That means everything. Now the cynics would say, well, then you could just pray for more money. You could just pray for a bigger house. You could just pray for a nicer car. You could pray for, for health. But understand the lesson and the methodology of Jesus's thought process in this passage. First, you must bear good fruit. That means being a good person, having compassion, loving your neighbor, living by the commandments, actually doing the things, not simply pretending to do them. But anyone, any person is capable of living by the laws and the commands that Jesus gives, that scripture gives. The Pharisees at the time lived by the laws of Moses. Atheists. Today, people who don't believe in God can actually live by the rules and the laws that Scripture gives us. Most of the laws that Scripture gives us are built into our own laws, man-made laws, but not all of them. But even atheists can do that. So following the, the rules, following the laws, listening and obeying the commandments is not enough. It's not enough. 
to receive all the things that you ask for in prayer. It's not enough to do the miraculous deeds that Jesus is talking about. Jesus says you have to believe. You have to believe in him. You have to have unwavering faith and pray. Then you will receive whatever you ask for. And that, my friends, is the hard part. How many times in our lives do we briefly, fleetingly give up all of our worries to God? Once we go as far as we can go on our own, when we can't control anything else about a particular situation, when we've exuded all of our influence, we finally reach that point where we say, God, it's in your hands. And we can't do anything else. We can't do any more. Then after some time goes by, what happens? God delivers. Maybe not in the way we thought, but probably even better in a way that we would have never come to on our own with our own ideas and our own volition. And God delivers. For that brief moment, this scripture is validated in your life. For that moment, this scripture is literally comes true in your life. It's proof. It's proof to you. It's proof to me. It's proof to the entire world. But it doesn't take long for the world to start to creep back in and take over our worries and our thoughts and our actions. Soon we start to believe that it was all the planning and the influencing and the controlling that we did before we let God do his thing for the reason we received what we wanted. That was the reason we received our blessing because all the work that we did before we let God take charge. How flawed are we in that moment? The lessons here today show us that Jesus wants us to have unconditional faith in him and to do, and if you do, all his goodness is waiting for you. And Jesus yearns for the good fruit that we should be producing. Don't leave him feeling empty. Don't leave him feeling hungry. Produce good fruit, my friends. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you have a blessed weekend. As always in the Christian American community, we don't ask for donations. We ask for your participation. Participate in being in the Christian American community. Participate in a myriad of different ways. You can go to ChristianAmericanTees.com and pick yourself up some Christian American apparel, some Christian American tanks, tees, uh, sweatshirts, if it's still cold where, you, where you're from, some quality hats like the one that I'm wearing right now. You can also be a contributor in the Christian American Dialogue in any one of the social media platforms. So that's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Parlor, TikTok. We are on all of those sites. Uh, Anchor, Spotify, the podcast, the audio-only podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on all the platforms. Be a contributor to the Christian American community. Comment, share it, like it, 
promote it in your own circles. Be an influencer to those around you. Spread the message of Christ. Spread the message that if we as a nation turn our eyes back towards him, all that we ask for in prayer will be given to us. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, again, you have a blessed weekend. Stay on fire for Christ. We'll see you next week. Good morning, Christian America.